Hi, and welcome to Transparent with Tina. I am Tina Marks, your host. Today's guest has been through a lot of life challenges, including being in debt, suffering sexual trauma, um, weight loss, weight, weight challenges that led to health issues, transition from working nine to five to working for herself, um, letting go of a 25-year uh, friendship. And she was also on the reality show, Love is Blind. How does this all tie into her becoming a business and mindset coach? You're going to find out next. Up next, Kelly Chase. Welcome, Kelly. So nice to finally meet you in person. We've kind of been going back and forth, but uh, glad to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that, the back and forth. But yes, I'm super glad. Thank you. You know what? I believe everything happens for a reason. I really do. You know, things like that would upset me before and I would take things personally. And now I go, you know what? It's all in divine order. And it just wasn't meant to happen that day. So, you know, it kind of worked out well for me too, to be honest with you. So (laughs) yeah, so here you are. So you are a business coach and a mindset coach. And prior to that, you are a health coach, right? Okay, so we're going to go into your backstory because your backstory always leads into your current story, which is why, you know, you went from a health coach into a business and mindset coach. So I have a lot of points here that I'm going to read out loud, and then I'm going to, we're just going to address them one by one. Okay. So uh, this is all from your guest appearance form that you filled out. Um, you suffered from sexual trauma wounds. You were in debt $30,000 and you paid it off in two years, which I got to hear that story because, you know, I was in debt $30,000, took me four years to pay off <laughs> on a plan. Okay. <laughs> 618 a month. I remember it's not 620, it was 618 a month. Um, you transitioned from working nine to five into working for yourself, which is a, another huge feat. I mean, this is a lot of things that I think most of the people can relate to that are listening. Uh, weight loss challenges. We as women, of course, but that led to some health issues, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, And then you had to let go of a 25 year friendship. And most of my audience knows that I had to let go of six people last year. Mm. I want to really take a deep dive into that because that is painful and it's a big decision to make. And I don't think most people have the courage to do that, but I want to talk about that. And Mm. then you were on the reality show, Love is Blind. And I, um, I, didn't have time to watch it, but I was watching the trailers. I have seen Married at First Sight, and they. I think it's the same creators as, as yes. Married at First Sight, right? So it's. Um, so let's go. Kind of, I think one and, and six could kind of blend into each other. Let's just start off with with the sexual um, uh, trauma wounds that you had to deal with. Yeah, yeah. So um, in college, I experienced sexual trauma. I mean, basically. Long story short, I mean, it does take two to tango sometimes um, in certain situations. And that was the case. I had, I guess, you know, it was that whole like friends with benefits kind of thing. And Uh the friends with benefit experience went south. (laughs) Uh Um, So, you know, the guy did tell me like, you know, I actually have feelings for you. I'd like to date you. And I was not in that mind space. I was, I was like, going to say it usually it goes either one starts developing feelings and the, yeah, that's usually why it doesn't usually work. Yeah. yeah one yeah. person usually starts developing feelings. So he started developing feelings. Yeah. And- so develop feelings. And, you know, we would be out, you know, we, we went to university of Georgia. So party school and, you know, we were out drinking half the time probably. Right. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, um, it started to just spiral out of control in the sense that, you know, we would be out, he would walk up to me and just like, you know, I'd be talking to like one of our mutual guy friends and he'd be like calling me names. Like, what are you doing? Oh, do you just want to go like F him? Like take him home and and I'm like, I'm talking to our friend. Like, what are you talking about? It was just like jealousy. It just started like getting so intense. Um, but basically I found myself in situations where like, it was like the anger the night before and Hey, come over, let's talk about things. And when I would get over to his house to talk about things, cause I was like, Oh, you're right. Communicating. That's good. We can like work through this. We are friends. And it would always wind up with me feeling forced into performing some type of sexual favor in order to be able to leave his house. Mm-hmm. Was that because you were afraid or you didn't want to hurt his feelings? You didn't want to rock the boat? Because, you know, I've experienced that as well. Yeah, I th- honestly, I think maybe a, a little bit of everything, um, probably more so fear or just I was so angry because he literally wouldn't let me leave his house that I was like, well, fine. I'm just going to like do, do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So basically lured you over to the house to talk, but then he wouldn't let you leave. Right. Right. Okay. And did that happen more than one time? Yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. And it was, you know, I totally understood, you know, I would cry to my parents. I'd cry to our mutual friends about it. And they're like, well, stop hanging out with them. Stop going over. (laughs) That would be the natural next question. I mean, why after the first time would you keep going over? Right. I, because I, I think at that time, like I was, I had been friends with him, like for probably like a year and a half or something like that. And I just like, I knew a different side of him. So I was like, oh, he was just drunk. I kept making excuses like, oh, he was just drunk, you know, that night before. So let me go over and let's talk about things now that he's sober. And I just, I, I think I just kept hold, holding on to the hope that it would go back to how it would be, mm-hmm, like how mm-hmm. he's be. And that, mm-hmm. and it, and it wasn't, it was just getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, it started to get physical, like physical abuse started to play a factor. So that was when my parents were like, your ass is either coming home or you don't hang out with this guy anymore. <laughs> like we're going to, yeah. how, how long of a period of time was this Kelly? Um, God, it felt like forever. <laughs> it was, it was a, I would probably say like a solid, like six months that it was like kind of going, that it was going. Yeah. And you know what? That's amazing that you were telling your parents this because a lot of Women in college would never be sharing this with their parents. So you must oh. have a good relationship with your parents. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I will say this. I pro- I don't know if I said anything about the sexual thing. I think I was just telling them about him getting angry like that night before. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. okay. So, yeah. So I was, because I think that was what was kind of, that was scaring me altogether because he just like had rage in his eyes. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, you're going to get arrested. Like, what's happening? Right. So, yeah, it was probably more. Did, so did he that. ever hurt you? Did he ever physically like lay a hand on you and, and hurt you or just he scared you and, and believing that maybe he would or? No, he did. Um, I actually uh, one evening had like pulled up to like a house party and I wasn't drinking. I drove over there with a girlfriend of mine and I didn't even know that he was there. He I was still outside before I even like walked in the house. And all of a sudden, like he just came like running outside and just like pushed me like to the point I fell on the ground and like, you know, and like there was a bunch of guys out there and I think they were all freaked out too. Like they were like, 
what in the world? Cause nobody did anything. We all were just kind of like in shock. And one of the guys was just trying to reason with him. Like, dude, that wasn't cool. Like he was trying to keep his like demeanor, just like really positive, but like serious at the same time. Like, okay, that wasn't cool. Um, maybe you should go cool off <laughs> a little while. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a very, everyone was like, what just happened? Right. Uh, so yeah. And then he kind of sounds like you were kind of missing the friendship that you had. Cause you always had a friendship. Yeah. There was always a friendship in your eyes, but he had crossed the line or he had more feelings. And so you kept waiting for that friendship to return. And instead it kept escalating because his feelings for you kept escalating. So if, if you were now talking to your younger self or, or anybody that's listening right now, what would you say to them? You know, you know, what would you do now? Now, now that you know better. Yeah. Um, I mean, just knowing that I should have exited, like it wasn't going to get better and I needed to, I probably should have allowed my parents to make me live at home for a while. (laughs) 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 Had I been my mother, I would have been like, I don't care. There are no other chances. There's something wrong. There's something very, very wrong going on. Yeah. Yeah. I I would have, I have a son, (laughs) but yeah, I'm, I'm, I know that God blessed me with a son and not a daughter because I would be such a helicopter mom if I had a daughter. I mean, yeah. I, especially in this day and age. Well, so thank you for sharing that. Really, really appreciate that. And I, I know that a lot of people are probably going to be resonating with that. And I think that's going to help them. So how did you get $30,000 into debt? Yeah. So in 2017, I left um, my, not former, like a former corporate job. Um, Cause that's when I was health coaching and I was uh, working for an all audio based an all audio based fitness app at that time too. So I had like multiple streams of income and I was like, I can't like, I just was not fulfilled in my corporate job. So I was like, there's more to life. I'm helping people with health coaching. I'm helping people with the fitness stuff. So the coaching was your own business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Coaching was my own business. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Um, and so in 2017, I was like, there's just, there's just more to life. And I, I can't be working all the time. Cause I'm working all the time. I'm so burnt out. And I mean, I was in this, I mean, probably my entire twenties, I was like working, like hustling and grinding because now being in the mindset space that I'm in, I had all these beliefs like, Oh, we have to work hard to be successful. We have to work hard to make more money. <laughs> I want to stop you right there. Cause I keep putting my yeah. on here. Sorry for that. I want to stop you right there. So that was the mindset that you grew up in, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. adopted. What do you think about that mindset now? It's it's not right. I mean, I since I mean, I left my other nine to five job just like seven weeks ago, and I have already like I'm working half of the amount of like I'm working half of the amount of time right now, and I've already like doubled slash tripled my monthly income. Right. Exactly. Right. So you have to have courage. Uh, to do that. But uh, I mean, I'm a firm believer. You don't really make a lot of money. If you work for somebody else, you're making somebody else make a lot right. of money. Is what you're doing, right. you Absolutely. know, and, and there's, there's people that, that, you know, they, they want that stability, you know, cause we, we all, there's a pot, there's a, a lid for every pot that, you know, there, there's an expression saying that. So, okay. So go ahead. So how did you get into debt? Yeah. So found myself, um, I'm living paycheck to paycheck though. I mean, with the fitness app and then health coaching, I 
I'd never had a business mentor back then. Like I was just kind of like, oh, I'll work with anyone and everyone. Yeah. And it was fine. Like, again, I was able to pay my bills and live a little bit um, frivolously, but not to the extent I had not ever done mining mindset work. I didn't know. Like I was literally just kind of like going with the flow of what life was throwing at me at that time. So 2018, I started like doing all the spiritual development, like personal development work. I mean, I had never like my, like what led you to, what led you to that? Did somebody lead you to that? I mean, were you um, spiritual before or was there already that, you know, that already kind of ingrained spirituality and you just kind of, no, yeah. So I didn't like, it was funny because my, I was raised Catholic and, but I never felt this like religious connection, like ever, Mm -hmm. like I stopped really going to church when I was probably like 15 (laughs) and I kept, I just kept telling people like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a spiritual person, but I really didn't know what that meant. I Mm -hmm. just was like, Oh yeah, I'm spiritual. And then, um, yeah, the summer of 2017, when I left my first nine to five job, I had connected with some guy on Instagram, um, who I'm still friends with to this day, but it was funny. Like, of course I was like, Oh, he's cute. And, but he was doing things that no other guy, in my life was doing like he was, yes, he was working out. And I always, you know, and I keep myself healthy. So yeah, I love that. But I mean, he had a great physique. He looked beautiful, but also he was like meditating and journaling. And I was like, that's interesting. Like there's no guys that I'm into. Like uh, none of my friends are even doing that, that I'm called an evolved man. Yeah. He was an evolved man. And I was like, okay, Annie's, Annie's beautiful. So he just like, yeah, it was like that. He started to inspire me, just like me watching his stories and like all this stuff. Like, so I started to get involved. I bought some books and I was like, okay, like I'll go ahead and like read some personal development books because of this man. Um, and then from there, I just like, everything started changing. I mean, I read the miracle morning and I practice, I still practice. I knew you did because yeah, that, that comes later. I knew, I knew it because everything you put down there for your morning ritual is in the miracle morning. Yeah. Yeah. I might as well address that right now. The miracle morning Mm -hmm. in case, uh, any of you watching and listening don't know what it is. It is a book. He actually has them now for it. There's the original one called the uh, the Miracle Morning. There's one for real estate agents. They're for different you know businesses. And what it is, it's it's a morning routine that you put into place. And the acronym is Savers, which is um, S for silence, which is meditation. A for affirmations. V for visualization. E for exercise. R for reading. Uh, and S for scripting, which is journaling. So the the whole goal is you do that before you even start your day and you will have a powerful day. Yeah. And you know what? I attest to it. Raise your hand if you attest to it. Yes, absolutely <laughs> changed my life. Change your life. Yes. Change mm-hmm. your life. In an hour, you can do this. The only thing I don't agree with the hour is I, I exercise more than 10 minutes. Okay. So yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. the, other, the other stuff I can do, you know, 40, 40 minutes or whatever it is. And you know what? The difference in my life, and, and let me ask you this too, Kelly, because when I don't do it, because I'm a human being, I, I don't need to do it today. Um, I feel different. Yeah. I'm not as powerful that day. I'm not as motivated that day. I start to slip back into that rabbit hole because you're only operating from one of two mindsets. In my first book, I wrote, you know, the domino effect, fear versus faith. So it's either you're in a fear-based mindset or you're in a faith-based mindset. And I can do it or I can't do it attitude. And this pushes you always towards the I can do. And when you stop doing it, you know, you do start to slide down the other rabbit hole. 
And oh, then yeah. you got to check yourself and go, why is it, people, you know, people that are not aware don't have any understanding of why they're going there. But anyways, so yeah. perfect. So you well, started doing the Miracle Morning back then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The beginning of 2018, I started doing the Miracle Morning. I mean, I literally read more personal development books or books in general in 2018 than I probably had in my entire life. <laughs> Good just- for you. One personal development book after the other. I was listening to them on Audible. I was reading them. I mean, now I I still love to like hold a book. Like I love that feeling, but I was like, oh my God, like I'm changing my parents. We're even like, Kelly, is there like, is there something wrong? Are you depressed? Like you're not going out with your friends anymore. Like I literally like 360 in my life. Like, cause like I said, I was go, like I was in constant hustle mode Monday through Friday, come the weekend, I was like party girl. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was, so I was never connected to myself. Never. Mm-hmm. I was constantly mm-hmm. on for everybody else. And I want everybody to hear that. I want everybody to hear that because you know what? That's why the meditation, that's why the morning miracle is so important. You know, that meditates because your mind takes control the minute you wake up in the morning, unless you control your mind. And the morning miracle helps you control your mind, connect to source. You know, there's the mind, body, spirit. Okay, everybody concentrates on their body and they listen to what their head is saying, but it's the spirit connection that guides all of that. And if you're not connected to that, you know, you're basically living like a robot, right? I mean, you know, things will happen to you and you you are reactive as opposed to being intentional. Is that, you agree with that? Absolutely. Yep. And that's how, I mean, just doing the miracle morning, like, I have so much, I mean, I see so much more beauty in things. I have so much more gratitude for everything. Yes. Uh, you know, I find the lessons in things now versus yes. like, you know, it's like, why did that happen to me versus why did that happen for me? I'm like the for me. I'm like, everything happens yes. for you. It's happening for you. Even if you think like, no, this is the worst shittiest day of my life. Like something terribly horrific happened. It still is. It still is happening for you because it changes. It changes the neural pathways in your mind. Because yeah. I used to always look at, oh my god, why is this happening? You know, to you, for you, whatever. But it always is half empty. Yeah. I dropped a t- twelve-pound dumbbell on my foot today. Oh, okay. yeah, it wasn't fun. Yeah. Uh, but it's not this way. I look at it. It's not broken. It's right. a little uncomfortable. Thank God, it's not broken. Before, I've been like, oh, now another thing, right? Instead of going, thank God, it, it didn't break my foot. Right. You know, I'm still mobile. So, yeah, I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, all of that just combined. I was like, oh, like my, I mean, just confidence, self-love, self-worth, just like radiate. I feel like it just like radiates from me now. And I'm like. Now I know what spirituality is. Yes. Now I am yes. connected. Like there is something bigger out there and holy shit, I'm connected to it, but it's in, in me. Yes. I am, it's radiating through me in me every day. And I have to like, I mean, yeah, I'm still human. And I go into my physical self and I get mad and I get triggered. And, but I'm highly aware of who triggers me, what they say that triggers me. And I'm like, okay, Kelly, how can we do better next time to not blow up? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But, but you're, but the awareness is the key, Kelly, right? Yeah. And you are, we are human beings. That's why we're here. Okay. Cause if we were perfect, we'd be up there. Okay. We're here for now to learn the lessons. Then we'll go up there. Right. But uh, 
Yeah. And that's the thing. I think people are afraid of making mistakes so they don't do anything. I was talking to a client about this earlier today. I think one of the worst things you can do is procrastinate. And, you know, perfectionism kind of is right there on the border of why people procrastinate. Um, but, you know, I, making a mistake is never a mistake as long as you as you, as you learn from it, as you just said. Right. And so the connection with you is there and it's, it's like living your fullest life. Right. Mm-hmm. OK, Absolutely. so did you when you got into debt and got out of debt, was that before or after you started practicing the miracle morning? I mean, was that a result of something like that? Uh, yeah, kind of everything. Um, I mean, I did start reading like uh, money mindset books, the secrets of the millionaire mind, which I poured out. I was, you know, I was definitely like, wow, this is a whole new way of thinking and doing <laughs> and being. Um, but so at the end of 2018 was when we, we filmed love is blind. And prior to filming, I had invested my first into my first like business coach. Cause I was like, okay. Okay, look, I need to get my shit together. I need to take my health coaching business from like a side business where I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just doing stuff with it. And then you want to grow it and make it like an actual business. So invested in the coach, it was probably, you know, six, $7,000. I put it on a credit card. Again, I'm living paycheck to paycheck ish right now. <laughs> right. So I put it on a credit card. So that was 7,000. How did you find your coach? Because a lot of people um, are going to be saying, how do you find a coach? There's a zillion of them out there. Yeah, there's a zillion. You know, I don't know if it was on the search page or if a friend of somehow I got connected to Angie Lee. I don't know if you're familiar with Angie Lee, but, um, she's like a marketing guru. So I just, I found her on Instagram and then she had a podcast. So I started listening to her podcast and then she was doing a mastermind. So I was like, I'm in, I don't care how much it costs. Like I'm in, it was scary as shit. (laughs) Especially because I was like, I don't really have the money right now, but I don't care because I, I need this, like I'll figure it out. So $7,000, then we found love is blind and I was out of work for seven weeks. I didn't have clients. I wasn't doing the training app, like nothing. And when I got done with love is blind, I, my brain felt like it was scattered in a million pieces. Like it was extremely emotionally charged, the entire, the entire experience. Like it was great, amazing, but also a lot of just shit. I mean, I was talking to one. Yeah. We're going to go there in a minute. We're going to yeah. go there in a minute. Yeah. yeah. So after, after that, it was a few weeks later, I just was like, not in a good space. And a few weeks later I had met, um, prior to, I guess I had met this girl, Erin, and she was a business and mindset coach. And I, I had just resonated with her prior to going on love is blind. And I was like, I need help. Like my, uh, my whole world just feels like it's been pulled out from underneath me right now. So I need to just like go all in on my business. So help me there, you know? And so spent another $6,000 there on her. Okay. $13,000. I had some health stuff. I've been working through digestive like health stuff for a while. So that whole like 2018 year also, I had been flying. I live in Atlanta. I was flying to Chicago to see a holistic practitioner every like six weeks or something. And the appointments themselves were expensive. The flights, I obviously had to get there. So the flights were expensive. So you couldn't find anybody in Atlanta. No, this was like, it was a referral. A girlfriend of mine was going to see this practitioner. Like her whole family, like saw this practitioner and obviously they had more money than I did, but I was just like, yeah, he can heal me. He can fix me. (laughs) 
Well, you know, and I want to touch on that. I, you know, all this kind of does. If you if you see, if you really start to see this, all of this does bleed into one thing, right? So the you know, uh, you know, a lot of people start throwing money here, there. I have clients that come in my schedule that they feel once they write the check that they should be successful. No, there's still work. Okay, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is just a starting point. Okay, I'm here to keep you accountable. I'm here to work side by side with you. I'm here to mastermind with you. I mean, my last client today said, "You know, you you're like my mastermind." Mm-hmm. You know, there's three things to be successful. This is one of them. You know what I'm saying? So whatever you're looking for in a coach, so so, but and you obviously really really wanted to make your footprint. You really wanted to find your purpose and your passion, because you know what, you could have been going, I need to go to Hawaii for, you know, and spend 30 grand for two weeks or something. You you could have done that, could have gone, bought yourself a new wardrobe, but you know what, that's a true sign of a seeker and really trying to find your purpose is because the stuff that you, the money that you were putting, the, what you were putting your money into was always trying to better yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So now is probably a good time. Let's back up a little bit. What's going on with your health at this point that you have to go to Chicago and spend money flying there? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been, I've had, you know, colonoscopies. I've had endoscopies. Like I've, I've just always had gut issues. Granted, I know it's very psycho-emotional. It's very mindset driven. I was raised by a mother who had self image, body image issues her whole life. So yeah, my mom's 65 now. And she's like, you know, Oh, I don't care what I look like now. And I'm like, yeah, well, the whole last 60 years of your life you did. And what not being thin enough or is it- yeah. And, and my mom is, my mom is five, three and very petite. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. all a mental thing for her, but you yeah. know, she grew up with brothers who were probably picking on her, making fun of her, whatever. Um, cause she was the only girl. That's like one of the stories, but you know, there was like one, I think we all just, um, we attach ourselves to the stories of our parents sometimes. And yeah. like, that's like what it was, or, you know, my mom, I guess she was like called thunder thighs growing up. Although again, my mom was like, that'll stay tired. with you. It'll stay, that'll with, stay you. with you. So I think a part of this was, oh, Kelly, you look so much like your mom. So maybe in my head, I was creating the story like, oh, well, my mom has thunder thighs. I do too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was like one thing. But I mean, we, my parents, I mean, I'm so grateful that, I mean, we were raised vegetarian, we organic, like very health conscious. Wow. Eating. Okay. However, however, I think everything, and you know this, but everything is about how we say things, how we speak, how we think about things. Right. And so instead of saying, this is bad for you say, Oh, there's a healthier option. You know, it's just a different way. So maybe for me growing up, hearing a cheeseburger is bad for you, or that cookie is bad for you, or that's going to make you gain weight, or that's going to, Oh, once you hit 30, like you can't eat like that. Like I I used to eat a lot of food and I still do now. (laughs) I do Uh now again, but I mean, I remember like in my late twenties, my mom would be like, cow, like I, it's like, you're a six, five, 250 pound man. Like you literally just ate like three servings of food. Once you hit 30, you're not gonna be able to do that anymore. <laughs> well, you know, some people do have fast metabolisms. I mean, right. my brother, Tony, it's like, yeah, same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so did, so then did you, did you develop a, an eating, a eating disorder? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, okay. 
Yeah. So I was always like really petite. I started after a breakup um, in like 2013, which I just, I lost myself in that relationship. I mean, really I did. I lost myself completely. Um, and afterwards, I mean, I lost a little bit of weight, but I was already like probably too thin for people anyways at that point. Right lost a little bit more weight. Then people were like super concerned, like what's going on with you? Are you like throwing up after eating? Like what's, are you, are you not eating? I was like, yeah, I'm eating guys. I'm just, I don't know. I'm emotionally distressed, you know, from the breakup and all that. Anyways, I started to, I guess just like, I was eating like really less. I, I was teaching spin classes at the time. So of course I'm like burning a shit ton of calories, but then I would like work out in addition to that, like lifting mm-hmm. heavier weights, but eating, I mean, I remember, I literally remember Googling like bikini competitor diet, bikini competitor, um, exercise program, like what's their routine. And I was doing it like on my own. That's why those people have coaches because it's a very vigorous experience. For yeah, right, right, right. So I, I literally was probably eating less than a thousand calories and burning over 2000 a day. Okay. So you were more anorexic than bulimic. Yeah. Yeah. That's like what- I, I would like, I was eating on a, like a salad or dessert size plate versus like a normal size plate. Like yeah. I was condensing all my food down yeah. and I would have like half of a chicken breast with like half of a sweet potato and like six asparagus mm-hmm. like, yeah. for every meal. And like, that was it. It was absurd. So anyways, I started, I had lost the weight a little bit, but then I started gaining weight and, and I was still in that hustle and I was constantly on, I was constantly doing, I was constantly going and going and going and then binge drinking, staying up till four o'clock in the morning on the weekends. And it was a repetitive cycle for years. Like, I don't know how I even was surviving. And and you were in your twenties at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. that's how you survived because you're in your twenties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, I remember my, um, well, yeah, it was my late twenties. So 29, 30, my 30th birthday, I was like the heaviest that I had ever been. I had gained like 35, 40 pounds and I'm five, two. So five pounds for someone who's five, two is a lot for us. That, that's a lot. That's a lot. Cause I'm five, three. So I yeah. couldn't imagine myself. Yeah. Pounds heavier. No. Yeah. So of course I go into like, obviously like body image, like my 30th birthday, again, like I said, it was like the heaviest I'd ever been. And I remember I called a friend, I money mindset. I didn't have the money to go shopping. I didn't want to go shopping for a a larger dress or anything called friends. Can I borrow something? And I was glad one, this, I mean, this dress did work out for me. It was a little short on my butt, but (laughs) whatever. Um, but I remember like sitting in my closet on my 30th birthday, like we were going to a party. I was throwing a huge party and I just started crying. I was like, if this dress doesn't fit, I'm like, what am I going to wear to my 30th birthday? Like, this is a big deal. It's my 30th birthday. And I mean, granted, like it makes me emotional, but like, I got there and I was like, nobody cares about what you look like, Kelly. Like I had 200 people come to my 30th birthday party. I was like, wow, like it really doesn't matter. Like these people love me for who I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting getting this. You're talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel you girl. I totally feel you, you know, because we are, I think the recognition maybe for you, because of what I was just feeling was how hard we are on ourselves. Yeah. We're yeah. so hard on ourselves. Other people are not that hard on, on us. 
Do you know what I mean? Like you said, these people just wanted to see your smiling face. They don't right. care what you look like in the dress. I mean, there are some people who are like, girl, she's gained some right. weight. You know, let's be honest. There are people like, you know, we've all done that as well. Okay. But it doesn't make them, you know, might be like, Kel, lay off the Sundays. But but it's they're not going to love you less. I have never had anybody love me less because of any change in my physical appearance. So, you know, that's one thing I think that's really important for everybody to know. And, you know, I suffered from um, anorexia as well. I went to boarding school. I was 105 pounds. I wanted to get out. I didn't want to get kicked out because, you know, my parents would kill me. So I just stopped eating. I just stopped eating. I was drinking diet, Pepsi, and coffee. And I got down to 89 pounds and I went to an all-girls private Catholic nun run by nuns. I fainted in, in mass. Wow. And, um, and so then, you know, I got my wish, I got taken out and I was living with my dad and my stepmother. And to be honest with you, looking back, that was the worst thing. I should have just stayed there, but here's that the, the, the goal for me was not really, it was not to lose weight. It was to make, you know, a shock value. So people would see, right. But then once that disease, because I do think it's kind of a disease, yeah. it, it always has a hold on you. It, totally. It's changed my mental image of how, like how I see myself and how other people see myself. And when I put clothes on, it's like, oh God, I look heavy. It has changed. It, it's a, a body dysmorphia probably for the rest of your life. And so I have to constantly keep myself in check. And I don't know if that is for you too, because I was, I was down to a size, little boy size, 14 tennis shorts. Wow. And I was like, and I would count my ribs in bed at night at boarding mm-hmm. school. And then when I couldn't count them anymore, when I had gained some weight, I'm like, oh my God, you're getting fat. Now, you're not supposed to be able to count your ribs. Right. No. You know what I mean? That's called malnutrition. Yeah. So I just want everybody to be aware of, of something like this. You know, really, it does have to do more with your self worth and, you know, how you look at yourself, which is why we have this show, which is why we're talking about everything that we're talking about. But don't think that once, you know, you, you kind of, I don't think you're ever out of the woods. It's kind of like a recovering alcoholic. You always kind of have to keep yourself in check and go, okay, because I mean, I, you know, a year ago when I had gone through a breakup, I was really thin. I mean, I was going to Hawaii and trying all these shorts. I'm like, they're all so huge on me. Why are these and they're zeros? Mm. What's going on? So it's kind of a way to keep yourself in check too. Absolutely. This podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something great for your body. It starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. It's then blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel your best. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it's friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, Earth Echo Foods has been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. Use the code TRANSPARENT and receive 15% off your purchase today. Go to earthechofoods.com forward slash transparent with Tina. Like I said, it was just like a, a wild adventure, just like with the health stuff. And I remember 2015, I started like, I actually started doing beach body stuff and that's literally like what started to change things for me. It okay. Was, like, was a beach body program. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. 
Cause I was, it was like, I don't know if you're familiar, but it has like a container system. So I was like eating the amount of containers that was instructed and, okay. I was, you know, three times more food than I had been. So of course I started doing that and I was working out 30 minutes a day. I wasn't teaching classes anymore. So just the 30 minute workout, eating more food. I started to lose the weight. I lost 15 pounds, like within two months. And I was like, that's oh, a lot. Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah. okay. And I had started going like to an acupuncturist too. And we had, um, we had lab work done and my cortisol level was like crazy high. And he was like, like you were literally in fight or flight. Like, I don't want you to work out. The only working out, the only exercise that you can do for the next like two months is set, sit your ass on some grass in a park and just sit there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because people don't realize that because your, your central nervous yeah. system is shot. It shot. Is, is what it is. It's like you're, and I, I had that too. And uh, I haven't been following my doctor's rules that well. Because <laughs> but she said the same thing because I'd be waking up in the middle. I don't know if you had this too. I'd be waking up in the middle of the night. My mind's racing. It's like the mm-hmm. cortisol just kicked in. Yeah. And um, yeah, you feel like you're in fight or flight and it's your central nervous system. And you, you only have one body. So when yeah. you say that the weight issues contributed to other health issues, was that the gut issue you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, honestly, like I had some, like, I always had like digestive stuff. I think just like, cause we were, we were vegetarians for so long. And then like in college, I started eating meat and probably crappy food and I started drinking alcohol. So it was like, my body was just probably, you know, I was beating it up and putting poison in it in college. So I think it just started to, I don't know, depreciate. And then the like sexual trauma, cause that was in college too. So it was yes. like emotional trauma that was hitting me. And it was, I, and I didn't deal with that emotional. I didn't deal with that very well. Right. I I went to one therapy session, like after everything was said and done. And I don't know if I heard the woman wrong or what to me, my perception of how the session went, I felt like she was talking down to me, like, well, then why did you keep going back to him? Like she made me feel really stupid. Mm -hmm. Granted that may have just been the way I perceived her question. I don't know, but Mm -hmm. I was like, my mom picked me up from the session and I, she goes, so did you book your next appointment? I was like, no, I'm good. I'm healed. I don't need to go back. Right. And so but, you know, but, but I think we already uncovered that because, you know, that is the obvious question, which is why I asked you that. Yeah. And I think there's a payoff for everything that we do, even though if it's a negative payoff, right. yours was you really wanted your friend back. Yeah. That's why you kept going back. You think, yeah. well, one, and, and, and I totally understand that. I totally yeah. understand that. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I just hope you've forgiven yourself, you know? Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us about love is blind. How the heck did you go on there? And what inspired you to do that? And did you get engaged? Cause I was watching the trailer and they, you know, they, they edited it. It looks like you were like getting married. Did you? Yeah, I did not get married, but yes, I was engaged. Yes. Okay. So in case any of you, you got to go watch this. I'm going to watch it tonight. It's on Netflix. Yes. And you go into these pods. So they, they, do they set you up with other people or just kind of random? How does that work? Tell us. Um, yeah. So, I mean, technically there was like, uh, we all started with like 15 girls and 15 guys. We were speed dating and we, but we didn't know who we were going to be like. Right. Like, Cause you can't see each other. Her. It's right, all right. based on just, you know, right. communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. So, okay. 
And so you, that's it. I think I saw, and then look on your face. Were you standing at the, you, you weren't standing at the altar. I mean, the editing was so bad. So did, did uh, you, yeah, anyway. at the end, the like, yeah, we were standing at the altar. Cause I, I mean, we, we walked down the altar and that's like the closing. It's kind of like the closing scene. <laughs> so were you getting married and then you called it off the end? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yes, technically. I didn't call it off at the end, but we, I, I did say no. So, okay. Okay. So <laughs> did you, what, in, what, in, what inspired you to do that? And what was your takeaway from that? Did you, was it a good experience for you? Yes, it was an amazing experience. Um, actually. So the, the breakup that I had that kind of sent me into the like body image spiral, um, we stayed friends ish. Okay. Like, um, cause I was all long story. I've always been a people pleaser. I don't like rejection. And I was like, okay, fine. Like maybe I, we can still be friends because at least I have that control. I, I have like something of you in a sense. Mm, so, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, we kind of remained friends ish friendly. And a couple of years afterwards, he sends me a message like, Hey, a casting director reached out to me for this like dating show in Atlanta. Um, you know, I can't do it because of my job. So I gave them your information. Hope that's cool. Whatever. And oh, like, wait a minute. This is just hitting me. This is the guy that the, the one that caused the sexual trauma that, no, that not, not the sexual, not the sexual trauma. This was like oh, years later, just okay. like, well, yeah, relationship, but okay. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, yes, I think that the weight, all of that, I think a majority of everything is rooted from the sexual trauma, of course. Okay. But yeah, there was another guy that I had dated. Oh, um, I see. Okay. So anyways, but yeah, he like, whatever, this casting director called me. That was actually for Married at First Sight. The, they were calling me for Married at First Sight. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. However, when their concept rolled out for love is blind, I get this random phone call, you know, California number. And they're like, Hey, this is so-and-so from kinetic content. Um, are you still single? We have another project. <laughs> I was like, I am still single. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they pitched the concept to me. And at first, honestly, I was, I was kind of like in this, like, well, yeah, this sounds awesome. I mean, I, I can prove to my friends that I'm not this like shallow girl who only dates these like model looking guys that treat me like shit, because that is what I was experiencing after mm -hmm. you know, was allowing myself to accept low accountability behaviors for a long time. I didn't have, I didn't know what boundaries were in relationships for a long mm -hmm. time. Um, so anyways, I was like, yeah, I'll prove them. <laughs> but then I really was like invested in the actual concept. I was like, this is really cool. Like to connect with someone on an emotional level. Awesome. And obviously 2018 was when they pitched the show. That's when we filmed the show. And that was the year that I started doing all this personal development work. So I was like, what an offer. There's no mistakes. That, there was no. no mistakes. The universe yeah. brought that exactly the right time. Yeah, yeah. it did. It did. Uh -huh. So the experience itself was absolutely incredible. I learned so much about myself. I mean, how to communicate better. I mean, I thought I was vulnerable. It just made me even more of a vulnerable person. Um, Good. Yeah. Which I just, and just really communicating. I mean, mm -hmm. now like looking back, 
it was interesting when I watched Love is Blind because it aired last February. When I was watching, I, I watched it real early in the morning when it was first like aired every episode. And I just like cried watching myself because I was like, wow, Kelly, like you thought you were confident in 2018. And now two years later, holy smokes, like you were, you have evolved so much since then. Mm-hmm. And so I was like watching this like older version of myself and just how, I don't know. And it, like all these like emotions were coming up just because of the show itself and my experience from it. Some, I think there were certain things that I maybe have not gotten had not got closure from Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the relationship that I endured on that show. But, you know, it, we did at some point after after the reunion show, the guy Mm -hmm, and I didn't get mm -hmm. that closure. So, you know, but it was just so, it was a really, really neat experience. I mean, everyone's like, wow, you guys got engaged in like two days or whatever. And it was over a course of a week, which sounds crazy still because who gets engaged in seven days but we had dates with these people every day. So mm-hmm. in the real world, you may have a date a week for three months. <laughs> I've, I've always said that, you know, because I've always either go, I, I fall really fast or I don't fall at all. There's yeah. no like middle ground. There's not like, I kind of like, am I guess I'll give him another date. You know, I've done that before and you yeah. know, it never works out. I mean, second date, third date, doesn't matter. I mean, if it doesn't click like immediately for me, um, you know, I, 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 but I've also learned, um, that the, the guys that come on really fast, because it's always them really coming really fast. And then it's intoxicating because, oh my God, finally, somebody who gets me, they finally see, (laughs) (laughs) they see my worth. So it's intoxicating. And, but what I've learned is the guys that come on really strong, they also leave, they, they also leave really fast too. They come on really fast. They leave really fast. So mm-hmm. I'm in this position in myself that it's like, I don't need anybody where there was a coming from whether it was an emotional need or was a financial need or whatever it was. And I'm finally in the position that I don't need anybody. I would like to share my life with somebody. And I think I'm going to make the healthiest choice at this point in my life, because I don't, it's not coming from a need perspective. Right. You know, so um, you know, kudos to you. I'll give you a lot of applause for doing that, putting yourself out there on national TV and, and, you know, being raw, you know, another thing I, I just want to add on to that too, because you were saying you always dated guys, um, that look really good and this and that. And I think there's something to this show in the sense that, you know, I was talking to my hairdresser not long ago, uh, about somebody that I kind of had a couple dates with and I'm like, no, he's not for me. He's like, well, how do you know? How many dates do you have? And I said, two or three. Well, you don't know him yet. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not feeling the connection. I'm not feeling the chemistry. He goes, but you don't know him yet. And it did stick with me, I will say, because you know what? For me as a woman, I, men are much more visual. I mean, women are too. I mean, I, if it's a flat out, no, forget it. It's not going to happen. But, you know, on the first date, I was attracted to him. I wasn't falling all over, but I was like enough to go on a date with him. It says a lot for me, right? I mean, I'm not even going on a date. I'm not the, ever the type of girl that's like free meal, okay? It's like I have a lot more better things to do. But it's, it's very true. I think sometimes we do cut it off because of the physical appearance or they're not doing this or not doing that. And, you know, there's more to the person. So I don't know where I stand on that, but I, you know, it has made me contemplate things Absolutely. in regards to that. Yeah. Um, okay. So you had to let go of a 25 year old friendship. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. 
Yeah. So after the show, um, after the show, I worked on myself. I, again, I had invested in a mindset coach that was helping me. She was my therapist that I needed 15 years prior <laughs> after the sexual trauma. Like that's where all the sexual trauma healing started to happen was with that coach. Oh, uh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And like really connecting to myself even more. And just because I was learning, I was understanding why I was doing the things that I was doing or not doing the things I wasn't doing. Um, but anyway, so it just like helped me evolve so much faster, have so much more confidence, have that self-love and that self-worth just rapidly. I, I like, Probably, I think we were maybe like two or three months into the coaching and I, you know, started using the dating apps. I felt like I was in a better place and a better space mentally to start like going on dates again. And I did. And I remember like having a conversation with this guy, it was our second date and he had opened up to me and said that he had actually like a month or two prior had just ended an engagement with the girl, with his fiance. It was, she had cheated. She was unfaithful. And so he mm-hmm. was like done with that. And when he told me that, I said, I was like, I have been a fixer, quote unquote, for a very long time. I said, I'm not here to fix anyone. I said, you are not in a position to have a relationship and I'm looking for one. Right on. Yeah. Love that. Love yeah. that. It's so true. I won't date anybody that just got out or, or yeah. are these people, are, I'm going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I was, I felt so like, I just felt so confident in myself and I was like, good job. Like that. What a boundary, like to have that. The guy was so nice. He was so attractive and everything, but it just didn't work out the way we're still like friends to this day too. So that was a couple of years ago, but fast forward a few months later and yeah, one of, I had, I guess I kind of like had an eye for a guy friend of mine and I never had this like I mean, I've known him for 25 years. I never was really like romantically uh, attracted to him. Um, always had a great time with him, which is never for that. Anyways, we were hanging out with him and another friend one night. And yeah, he just like, we actually like wound up staying at a friend's house. So we had a couple of drinks, whatever. And we're like staying in the same bed and he just starts kissing me. And I, but I was like, okay, I'm like, okay with this because I think I do like him. And, but also I was a little intoxicated. So I was like, okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, we, we stopped kissing and he was like, I like you. I wasn't expecting that. And I was like, I like you too. I was like, how did, how long have you liked me? What do you mean you like me? And so we started dating though. Um, and he did start to pull back, you know, like you were just saying, it's like they came on strong. So it was kind of like oh, love bombing. there's a word love for it. Bombing. Yeah. Love bombing. Okay. Yeah. In case you guys don't know what that word means. It's like they shower you with compliments. You can do no wrong at all. And the minute that they have you, everything you do kind of, it's like you're being criticized for. Yeah. It's the complete opposite. So you don't know what the hell hit you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it was that it was very much like the love bombing. And what was interesting is like, I really wasn't practicing like the miracle morning anymore. I wasn't in my boundaries. Like, because I mean, there were times like literally like he would text me at like six 30 in the morning. Cause he worked out and stuff. And he'd be like, Hey Kyle, like, instead of me going to the gym, can I just like come over and like snuggle with you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, like that's fine. But you really wanted to go to the, you really should have been going to the gym. I should have been doing my thing. And I did it, you know, so I was constantly like making myself available to him, but I wanted to see him. I wanted that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so it just 
like looking back, I'm like, okay, yeah, it didn't really, it should have been different. It definitely should have been different. However, he started to pull away. That stunk. A lot of my, um, I would say past behaviors from former relationships all started coming back up again. Like I, I got very needy. I got very graspy. Like, where are you going? What do you mean? You can't date me anymore. Like your triggers. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh my God, like, whoa. So we did, we, we ended things. And then we, not to say we started dating again, but probably last year. I mean, now we, not now we joke, we haven't talked, but we joked when we were ending things we were like, yeah, we were kind of like COVID boyfriend, girlfriend, because like we didn't have anyone else and mm-hmm. we were still enjoying each other's company. And, you know, so we were like in it, but he just still wasn't showing up the way that I wanted him to. And there was a time, like we didn't talk for like three weeks and I was like, I'm not calling him. Like, I'm just not. Mm-hmm. And then finally this like third week came and I sent him a message. I was like, where are you? What is happening? What, what, why have I not heard from you? And he was, he basically was just like, Kel, I, you know, I can't give you what you want. I know I've already told you this, but I, I, I'm like reiterating it. I can't give you what you want and what you deserve. He's like, I think about you all the time. I want to tell you things. I want to talk to you. I want to hold you. I want to hug you. I want to do all the things with you. He's like, but if I can't give you what you deserve, then I don't deserve to talk to you and share what is on my mind with you. And I was like, okay, I respect that. I said, but like, communicate with me. You don't just like ghost me and fall off the freaking face of the earth. Like right. have, have the respect in that way too, to communicate. <laughs> like we need yeah. to cut ties or whatever. And he was like, well, I was just trying to figure things out. He's like, so I just needed time, whatever. So we did the same song and dance for a little while. Finally, I just, you know, with my mindset coaching, I'm talking to girls about boundaries and self-love and all this stuff. And I was like, Kelly, you're not honoring your own boundaries. Why are you teaching this? Like you cannot. And so I felt very misaligned and I just was like, "I, I can't do this. So he was feeling it too. I started feeling it obviously as well. And I'm a big person. I'm like, okay, the only reason why we get resentful towards people is because we're mad at ourselves because we're not honoring our boundaries, period. I love that. Yeah. Did everybody hear that? The only reason we get mad at other people is because we're not honoring our own boundaries and we're not respecting ourselves. And that is, that's very true. Yeah. That's yeah. very true. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So the end of last August, um, we had a just coming to moment and we're like, you know, we, we were trying to figure out a way to, that we could like still like see each other. Oh, maybe we hang out in like a public place or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we, we both realized we were like, no, we need to like literally cut ties from each other. And, you know, mm-hmm. if we're meant to be in each other's lives in the future, then we will, if, you know, if the stars align and it's meant to be, it's meant to be for us to be friends or whatever that relationship looks like. But right to go into it, like this fear of the unknown of like, will, will I ever talk to my friend I've known for 25 years? Will I ever see him again? What will that be like? Like, yeah, it's scary. It was sad. And I have grieved. I mean, Mm -hmm. the last eight months I have been in this grieving process. I probably just recently started being like, okay, I, I want to go on dates now, but the whole, it's so important to allow yourself that time to grieve and to heal and to learn the lessons from that relationship so that you go into another relationship learning. Absolutely. I I agree with you more. And I seriously, I mean, that is so powerful. It is so powerful. Otherwise you're just going to drag it into the next relationship. You're just going to waste the other person's time and whoever's around you is going to suffer if you have kids or you have, you know, friends or whatever. And it's like, you know, I, I absolutely allow myself 
I mean, everybody says, you know, what's that old saying? The best way to get over somebody is get under somebody. Yeah. You know, it doesn't work. <laughs> it does not work. It might be for the, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to look at your life and say, is this best for me in the long term, or is this just best for me in the short term? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm all about the long term now. Yeah, and you yeah. know what? When you're not putting energy into somebody else, guess what? You get to put it back in yourself. So okay. you know what? You want to, you want Mr. Right? You just start putting the energy back in yourself and become Mrs. Right. You know? And mm-hmm. even, you know, this is, I was just sharing this with a girlfriend. And I said, you know, I used to always, front of my mind was, finding the true love of my life. So always the front of my mind before business or anything. Then it kind of started slipping right into business and stuff. I got to be honest with you. And it's not that I don't want to share my life with somebody because I really do, but it's not first. It's not second. It's somewhere around third or fourth. I mean, it's like there's days on end. I don't even think about it. Whereas before I used to think about it all the time. And when you step into your power and your strength and you start to see you, you're moving this life forward all by yourself. That's the biggest aphrodisiac I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I can do this all by myself. I'm like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and I think I, I'm pretty certain that that is the best place for you to be to make the best choices in a partner. Because if you are not whole, it's not 50 50, it's 150, 150, you know, yeah. and you work through, you have plenty of time to work through your stuff, you know, because always stuff is coming up, triggers, childhood things. And so, well, it's, no wonder why you became a mindset and business coach. I mean, you know, people have asked me over and over again, what makes a good coach? And I said, probably the number one thing is um, the amount of experience they've had, life experience. Yeah. So you can take a, five different certifications. I don't care. I'm ready, you know, and, and master's degrees and this and that. And I had that. And I was the perpetual student. I have to get another degree. I have to get another degree. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I'll never forget this. My best friend who I've known for, you know, most of my life, I would say at, at one point way back, probably 20 years ago, 15 years ago, why does this keep happening to me? And he looked at me, he goes, you want to be like a great coach? How are you going to be a great coach if you're not experiencing all this? And I can truly honestly say mm-hmm. there's not been one thing that I've had a, a client mention that they've been through mm-hmm. that I can't identify with personally mm-hmm. that I've yeah. you know, gone through. So, mm-hmm. you know, that really does. So um, there is one more thing I want to talk about. There was things I asked you uh, in your questionnaire about how you practice moving forward. One was the morning routine, which we just talked about. And one was working through your own uh, uh, paradigm of reprogramming on a daily basis. And I get that. This is the one I want to talk about. Self-love, trusting, and surrendering to the universe and God's plan. Because you know what? Amen, sister. That is what I've done this year. And my whole life has completely changed. My perspective is when you surrender to the universe and that, you know, you can only do, you do the action, you do what's in front of you and let the universe carry the rest. And all of a sudden, if that plan gets canceled or that big job that you were looking for didn't come through, I mean, my best friend has been out of work for a year. She's been doing coaching on her own, but she's been looking for more of a permanent job. And the one she thought she wanted, she didn't get. I mean, this after a year, okay, most people would be like losing it. Yeah. And then this, the, she got the second one. She never thought the second one is one she wanted, but it turns out it's beautiful. And I'm just so freaking proud of her. And I like, that is what brings true happiness. I mean, I'm nodding your head and I can't stress <laughs> this enough, you guys. If there's one thing that you're like taking away from this today, 
um, on my end anyway, is like just surrender to the universe and believe that everything is happening to you for a reason. It's happening for you, not to you. I mean, these sound like such cliches. Oh, yeah, Tina, it's happening to you for you. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I, but but it's true. It's true. If you just look at it that way, then you can handle any challenge because you're accepting it as it's coming to you for your highest good. It's yeah. not coming to you to disrupt your life, to make you miserable or pissed off or depressed. You know, right. it's coming to push you forward. You are really actually asking for all these challenges. We don't, you know, when you ask for, I want this, I want more money. I want to go on this vacation. I want this home. Okay. Well, you're asking the universe for this. So the universe is giving you assignments so you can get this. It's as simple as that. We mm-hmm. want without doing, we want without going through pain. And that's just not, that's not how it's going to happen. Exactly. So um, the next time you feel challenged, you feel like you're in a lot of pain. You feel like you can't deal with it all. I always, I always, I always use this analogy. It's like a slingshot. You know, when you bring a slingshot back, the further back you feel like you're being pulled. Oh, now what? Now what? Another thing. The fr- Say hallelujah. Thank you for pulling me back because the more you're being pulled back, man, it's setting you up to launch. So yeah. the further you're being pulled back, the further you're going to launch, but you've got to embrace it. You can't resist it. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that touch of resistance. Oh my gosh. Like that's the biggest thing. Like if you feel, if anyone listening, like if you feel any resistance in your life, like just the going back to the, like the surrender and the trust, it's like, okay, when you let go, when you just let go of that resistance and stop trying to force something or control something, I promise like, and you just surrender there's so much more peace. There's so much more happiness. There's so much more joy that comes into your life when you're not trying to constantly have this tight grip on everything. Like it has to be this way. It has to be this way. It has to go this way. It's like, maybe that's not the way it's supposed to go. So just let it go because it's obviously not serving you right now. So let it go. Absolutely, Kelly. And it's all, you go down a rabbit hole one way or the other. The more you practice that, the tighter you get. And you know, I'm so stressed. Why are you stressed? I don't know. I've got a lot of anxiety. Why do the reason why is because you're trying to freaking control everything. You know what I mean? It's like trying to grip sand in your hand, the tighter you, you know, trying to hold it, the more it's going to slip out of your hand. I think that's an analogy, but if not, you guys get the idea. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? But I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, I used to rush everywhere. I'd be like, and I'd be like, "Ah, ah," you know, and now it's like, okay. Didn't work out like I thought. There's got to be something better planned for me. That's the way I look at it now. If this didn't happen, God's got something better planned for me. So, well, such a pleasure meeting you. I am sure you and are, are an amazing coach. Where do people find you, Kelly? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at Chase Life with Kelly. And then my website is chaselifetogether.com. Okay, so Chase Life with Kelly? Mm-hmm. Yep, Chase Life That's with your- Kelly. That's her Instagram. And then say one more time, your website, we're going to put it in text too, but yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, the website is chase life together. And I do have a Facebook like group. Yeah. Chase I have a Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. That's My really Facebook cool. group is chase life with Kelly as well. <laughs> okay. Well, so many, uh, great, uh, pieces here. Such amazing conversation. I knew I was going to have an amazing conversation with yeah. you. You are really <laughs> insightful and I'm so glad to see you growing and, um, 
sharing with everybody what you've been through. I mean, that takes a lot of, you, you, you are one badass bitch. I will say that. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with the highest regard. Yeah, really a lot of courage. I love that. So everybody, anyway, thank you for, for coming and being here with us today. And Thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, it's Tina Marks TV, and we will see you next week. Have a great week, everybody.